Install Odds, part of the Extra Points Podcast. Network Cousin Sal coming to you on a Tuesday morning. Yes, another big college prep day on Against All Odds. You know, I don't I don't think I spent as much time prepping in actual college as I have for these college football previews. Today, we're sorting out the ACC, the Big 12, the Pac-12 for you. Yesterday, we previewed 18 teams in the SEC and Big 10, and it was so insane and demanding somehow Harry caught COVID, he thinks, over Zoom from all of it. How you doing, Harry? You hanging in? I'm hanging, guys. I'm hanging. The show must go on, right, Ski? That's right. That's exactly right. I mean, we have all these teams. What I said, we have another 15 to preview today, and then we're going to do uh, Heisman stuff on Friday, and we're going to pick a winner, and we got baseball, all kinds of stuff. Let's talk baseball real quick before we get into it. The Mets and Yankees sucked last night, and the Mets have uh, injury problems now. We got I got too high on this team. Paulie kid. And then I think I went out there and even though they took two or three from the Phillies, I don't know now. Well, well, listen, I don't, we don't have a 10 game lead. We have a four and a half game lead on the Braves. Not like you guys. Um, Guillaume is going to miss three to four weeks. Carrasco had to leave the game early. The Mets got pounded 13 to one. They had a uh, Darren Ruff, a position player through 14 pitches. He had to toss uh, two, two shutout innings, but um, you know, four and a half back with 36, this thing ain't over. They have six against the Braves. They have some against the Phillies, some against the Yankees. Uh, there's some Dodgers in there. Help me out well, here, Harry. Make, make me feel bad about my team. Them. 12 of the next 16 versus them. Against who? Bad the against teams Atlanta, like that? Philly, Dodgers, and the Yankees. Yeah. 12 of the next 16. Yeah, I know. I know. It's not pretty. I'm not that excited about it. Hmm. Go ahead, Paul. Okay, good. Nice. What is it? Not- no, yeah. So, what are you worried about? I just, I, I just I, told you. Know, you. Um, I just, I just <laughs> gave you a whole minute why I'm worried about it. I know. But, Sal. This team, you got Scherzer healthy yeah, right, right now. No, I know as long as the guns. And is, De, is Degrom healthy sure. right now? That's all you need uh, to worry about. If you guys, if you got those two, and Bassett's been a great yep. three. So, as long as those three guys are healthy, you're going to maintain the lead. This team is destined for great, <laughs> great things. Oh, this is bullshit. So there's, there's <clears throat> no doubt right. about it. There's all no right. doubt. There's, and yeah, Go ahead. yeah. Well, and can we stop the Jeter? Text from Harry on a nightly well, basis. I was gonna say, you know, he's sick. How long is this going to go on I wasn't going to get for? into it because he's sick. And he's like, hey, limit my, day my, yesterday. Limit oh. my discussion. But that's the big baseball news is our text chain where Harry continues to go off on Derek Jeter. Uh, apparently, Jeter didn't like that in the in the documentary. They showed a shirtless picture of him from 1999. Harry was all over this. Because he's shirtless in the right. lobby of an arena league game, he doesn't give a right. shit, right? Right. And so, yeah, and then it got, like, and then it got crazy. Go ahead. Why take Why take the picture then, Derek? Don't do it. And then mm. that's the worst thing that comes your way for the past thirty years. Shut up and quit being a bitch. That's all. Wow, wow! Can you believe this on his deathbed? I, like yeah, shots. I mean, I don't. I still. I, I was telling Harry last night. I mean, I really don't know how serious that is. That's like if we're making fun of each other and we're like, I'm not coming back tomorrow. Like, I'm not coming back. Right. Like I, if you he listen to that like whole it. thing, I he, maybe he didn't like it. But what did I, he threaten? He threatened to not come back. What did he threaten? Well, to not he was come just back? saying kind of oh. a joke. This is the last time I'm on the show. This is oh, the last time I'm on the show. But Joking? this is the alternate broad. This is the alternate broadcast we're talking about. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. the alternate broadcast. Although I will say, guys, that was it was pretty bad. I mean, I I only watched a few minutes of it, but it's mm-hmm. pretty bad to watch. It was pretty bad to watch. It's yeah. like it's just awkward. It's awkward watching a Rod in that with. With Michael K. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of dead silence. I, I think I know it's, it's so much tougher in baseball but, to, in their oh, yeah. defense. Oh, I don't yeah. know why I'm uh, defending true, them. True. But football, boom. There's I know there's 40 seconds in between plays, whatever it is. But uh, all right, at least you know you're going to get action 
and uh, coming up soon, you know? Minus so. 140. Jeter had more makeup on than A-Rod, though. But I- oh, come on, Harry. Come on. <laughs> Babyface, what do you think of all this here? I mean, uh, Derek Jeter wanted to be there as much as Harry wanted to be building that pitchback machine. I mean, he, he wanted no part of that. <laughs> like, That's true. Like I, like, it's not even a machine. If it was a machine and there were mechanical parts, I would understand. It's not a machine, babyface. This is true. It's four parts. It's a frame it's and nets. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> that, that is impossible to figure out, I swear. All right. Well, you figured out that Omar Vizcal was a better player than Derek Jeter. Um, uh, that, Defensively, that, that, you, sure. You, you took a lot of heat for that on our text chain. But uh, anyway, Yankees shut out by the Rays. Another Garrett Garrett Cole loss for me. Good Lord. Why even bother? Yankees betting-wise, Parlay Kid, now the least profitable team in baseball. Um, I think they're 3-10 and 10 in August now. <laughs> That's crazy. Least profitable team. You got minus two fifty fives going down like once or twice a week. It's nuts. And uh, I don't think you're worried, but I think this is the first day that they're not favored to win the AL in a long time. Yeah, I'm not worried about the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm worried about anything after that, right? right. I mean, th- that's what you got to worry about. Anything after, and, and things don't look good after that. Like I don't know if the Yankees should be favored in any type of playoff situation. Um, the way they're playing the ball right now. Brian and I say this every single year, Harry. We say this every year. The pitching normally overachieves for the Yankees. It's the bats that just underachieve year after year after year. And the bottom line is when when you have the payroll that the Yankees have and there are games when Tim LaCastro starting in your outfield or Josh Donaldson is hitting fourth in your lineup, which is most of the time these days, I don't, something is great, very, well, very dude, wrong. Since the All-Star break, I mean, like, their offense has disappeared. Their last 11 games, Yankees, the New York Yankees, last 11 games, only two games, they've scored four more runs. Is that what it is? Huh. Yeah. Bad. All right. Well, well still a monster favorite to win that division. I'm looking at uh, Judge over on their home runs because that's still – that's still happening. I mean, he's not going away anytime soon. So uh, it's not as bad for you uh, Yankee fans as it is Mets. Uh, but anyway, I'm not going to call it. <laughs> I'm not going to complain too much because right now it's time for our underdog pick of the day. And I am going right there. Dylan Cease over 94 and a half pitches. It's a pitcher's duel in Chi-Town. Justin Verlander, Dylan Cease, they're one and two. Cy Young voting. Cease shows off a little tonight in front of the home crowd. He's been dominant. He takes it to another gear uh, and in front of the fans and in front of those holding Cy Young votes. Pitch count is 94 and a half. He's thrown 94 or more in 14 of his last 15 starts. 94 or more in 14 of the last 15. Lock it up. Wow. Over 94 and a half. It's my underdog pick of the day. Brother Bry, which rivalry are you looking at? Yeah, I like that one, Sal, that you just had. But my underdog rivalry pick is Jeff McNeil of the, the New York Mets to have more total bases than Michael Harris. Now, McNeil has been on fire. Mm. He's batting four. I don't know if you knew this, Alvin, but he's batting four fifty eight since July thirtieth. Wow! Now he he goes up against Charlie Morton, who's had three bad outings in his last five starts. Now, if you look at Michael Harris too, he's been really good this month too. But I think. McNeil has just been too good. Like I said, he's been on fire. So give me McNeil to have more total bases than my. I like Harris. that. I like that. And Braves, put your damn horns away. I don't know. I don't care if you started the Narcos thing before uh, Diaz. <laughs> put it away. It's ours, not yours. There you go. Underdog. Sign up now with code Cousin Sal, and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. Deposit 100 
Get 100 free. Yeah, Underdog Fantasy lets you draft the fantasy dream team in minutes. They have pick'em games. You can win up to 20 times on your money in one night. You can pick from rivals. You can pick over-unders. Uh, all good stuff. Best ball mania, though. That's the football contest you want to join up for on Underdog. What are you waiting for? Head to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store and sign up for Underdog with promo code CousinSal. That's promo code CousinSal. There's seven-figure prize Last year was drafted in June. We're in the middle of August now. Do it. Put up a lineup. No trades, no waivers. Set it and forget it. No in-season management. And you can win part of the $10 million prize money right there. Underdog Fantasy. Promo code Cousin Sal. All right, let's take a break. We'll take a deep breath. And then ACC, Big 12, Pac-12. Is it Pac-12? I think there's four teams left in that conference. We're going to go over all three. Uh, in just a moment. All right, like I said, uh, yesterday we did SEC, we did Big Ten, and now we're going to hit the ACC, Big 12, Pac-12, starting with the ACC Clemson. The Clemson Tigers favored minus 155 to win the conference. Miami, 5-1 to one odds. NC State, plus 750. Pitt, 10-1. UNC 25 to one Louisville 30 to one. Those are the teams we'll preview. And then we're going to add a couple more. I have a little bit to say about a few others. Let's begin with the Clemson Tigers. Dabo Sweeney, 10 and a half is their over under. He was six and two in conference, which is terrible for him last year. Um, They were last in yards per play for by offense. First in yards per play allowed by defense. Lots of 17, 14, fourth quarter games. They were miserable to watch. They were miserable to have any money line parlay, even though they won six straight to end the season. They're going to have new coordinators on offense. Brandon Streeter, defense, Wes Goodwin, Tony Elliott, and Brent Venables went on to become head coaches. They lose Justin Ross, the wide receiver, James Skalski, the linebacker, Baylor Specter, another linebacker, Andrew Booth, cornerback. So it's DJ. We are got <laughs> now I have to learn how to say it again. Uh, we're got, uh, <laughs> I, I knew this. What I knew it's straight. DJU. Just call DJU. him DJU, DJU. Sal. DJU. Yeah. That's what DJU. Lele, though. Is that what it was? Yeah. Uagalele right. uh, versus Cade Klubnik. Uagalele, former five-star recruit. I don't know. I had him to win Heisman Trophy. I think he was like second best odds going into yes uh, last year. Instead, yep. ranked dead last in the ACC in yards per attempt and efficiency rating. Meanwhile, Klubnik, number one quarterback in 2022 recruiting class. He's from Westlake High School right there in Austin, that big school. They went back-to-back titles. Running backs Will Shipley, Kobe Pace combined for 13 to 80 and 17 touchdowns. They'll be back. No receiver on the roster had more than 500 yards, um, so they're going to have to fill that void. The biggest losses on defense were Skalski and Bale Inspector at linebacker and Andrew Booth, as I mentioned. They do have Miles Murphy at seven sacks last year. They do have Trenton Simpson, the linebacker, was a, a preseason All-American with six sacks. Uh, Brian Brisey is back, All-ACC selection. They open against Georgia Tech in a neutral site. They'll be a double-digit favorite there. They have NC State, Miami at home, at Notre Dame Week 10. That's a fun one. Their recruiting is best in the conference, 10th overall. I don't know. I think their schedule's pretty easy. It's a nice, clean slate for Dabble, but can we trust it? They're going to score enough every game. This is It could be the same thing as last year. So I think they lose either zero, one, or two. I'm going to buy into them with two losses, Parlay Kid, and that gets them a 10 and two. Uh, NC State and Notre Dame are their losses. I'm going to go under. 
I agree with you here, Sal. Um, has the shine won off yeah, Clemson? Maybe. maybe. Maybe it has. Um, I'm not sure if this is the team that we've seen over the last decade or so. Uh, DJU uh, was shockingly bad last yeah. year. Shockingly, right? I don't think, but because what we saw from him uh, in some uh, glimpses the year, the season before, like in the Notre Dame game, we really thought that this was a guy that was going to be putting up 300 plus yards easily per mm-hmm. game, if not closer to 400 yards per game. Now we're not sure what happened there. And now he's got this freshman stud from Texas nipping at his heels. That could be good. That could be bad. And if Clemson is forced to play a, fre- a true freshman this year in Cade Klubnik, um, then they're not getting this. They're not going over here, Sal. It's not, it's not going to happen, right. especially because this ACC is not your normal ACC. It's pretty good this year, Sal. There's five teams, including Clemson, ranked inside the AP Top 25. That's yeah, pretty good I, I for like, this conference, I like right? previewing you this conference more than the ones we did yesterday because it's just, all right, it's Michigan, Ohio State, or it's uh, Alabama or Georgia. Yeah, you got a bunch of squads that could really compete here. It's fun. Absolutely. And the fact that they're at Wake Forest, at BC, uh, playing Notre Dame, mm-hmm. Uh, they're losing a couple games here. And you got to remember, they did finish with uh, six straight wins last year, like you right. said. But, Sal, six of their wins were by one touchdown or less last yeah. year. Even their wins, they weren't this dominant team. They're three and five in their last eight against ranked opponents. Right? And I just told you, we have five, four opponents ranked. Well, not five, really, uh, ranked that they're playing inside the top 25. Yeah. They're going to lose some games here. Let's take the under 10 and a half at minus 125. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm looking at that schedule. And listen, you don't want to lean on last year. It's a different year and different players and everything. But yeah, they beat Syracuse 17-14. They they beat BC 1913. Beat Georgia Tech 14-8. I knew that that bet, that DJU bet was done. First game of the year, they played Georgia. They lost 10 to 3. I'm like, I'm cooked. That's it. 19 for 13. So he had nine touchdowns, 10 interceptions. So we're both going under with uh, Clemson. Now Miami uh, fired head coach Manny Diaz. They're over under is nine. They're five to one to win the conference. They were seven and five last year. They fire Manny Diaz. They hire Mario Cristobal. Oh boy. Away from Oregon. Now I know Cristobal played offensive line with them, a two-time national champion. What was it, the 89 and 91 years there? Um, whatever. So they, they, they welcome him back. We've lost a lot of money betting Cristobal brother, Bry. right? I know. Yep. I know this is a lot there, but yeah. Uh, I don't know if we're going to continue to do so with Miami. They won five of the last six after going two and four to start. They signed a top 15 recruiting class in the country. They've done this like four of the last six years. Uh, Kids still want to play for the U. And they banged on that transfer portal. They added uh, Henry Parrish, running back for Ole Miss. Frank Ladson, wide receiver Clemson. They have an outlineman from Oregon. They lose that to Eric King, who I like, but he got hurt. He was such an injury problem. They lose Charleston Rambo, the wide receiver. So it's going to be Tyler Van Dyke. He won the ACC Rookie of the Year as a redshirt freshman last year. Six and three as a starter. Um, you know, 20 passes, three interceptions, last six starts. Pretty good. Jalen Knighton's going to take uh, carries for them. He had 11 touchdowns in the last seven games. They mm-hmm. replaced two receivers from last year. Like I said, uh, Rambo and uh, Harley. Uh, they had 1,700 yards. They'll have, they'll have some good guys, some four-star recruits right there. Romello Brinson, Kayshawn Smith did well last year. Uh, defensively, their rank has fallen from fourth to 13th to 75th in the last four years. 
Um, they do have James Williams, the number one safety in the 2021 class. Leonard Taylor, number 111 overall player. They're going to mm. be back. They're good. They added an all-conference USA defensive end from UAB, uh, Moultrie. I think they'll be 3-1 and one before the bye, and then they hit A&M. They end with Georgia Tech at Clemson and Pitt. Um, I'll tell you what. I'm boring. I'm going to go exactly 9-3. and three. I can't trust Crystal Ball. I don't care what his diploma says, where he went. Maybe he's excited about this, but uh, nine and three. So over under nine, I think it's a push. Parley kid, what do you have? Oh man, we're coming right back with yeah. me here, Sal. Yeah, um, this I like what you're doing here. I really had to debate about uh, my pick here, but I'm going to take the over, even though my biggest fear is Cristobal because he's burned us so many right. times, especially you and brother oh, Bry. Uh, he's assembled a great staff, though, uh-huh. Sal. A great staff led by new defensive coordinator Kevin Steele, who has run defenses at Alabama, LSU, Clemson, and uh-huh. Auburn. This guy has run some of the best defenses in the country. But that's not why I'm taking the over nine here. So I'm really taking the over because of Tyler Van Dyke and the way he played in the at the uh, second half yeah. of the season last year. In his last six games, averaged 365 yards passing. Threw 20 touchdowns to only three interceptions. Fantastic young quarterback. He's feeling really good about the way he played last year. Uh, I think that carries over to this year. Uh, running back Jalen Knight, Knighton, sorry, scored 11 touchdowns in his last seven uh-huh. games. So he was a force as well. Returning 13 overall, started seven on offense, six on defense. Three out of their first four games are absolute gimmies. Gimmies. I have them at 10 wins. Let's take the over nine at minus All 105. Right. So. All right. Yeah. I got it right in there. Nine to 10. They're going to be competitive. Boy, they're, I, you know, I could say this about most conferences. I think they're like six or seven good quarterbacks in this, right? I mean, not, not that they'd be pros, but they're going to put up pretty big, big oh, numbers. Oh, um, Oh, good, in, good, in, good. Including good NC State. Uh, their over under is eight and a half. The over is pricey, minus 165. To win the conference is plus 750. Dave Doran finished in the top 20 for the first time in 20 years, which is weird because they do have the second most wins of any ACC program in the last five years. They have 90, uh, 39 right behind Clemson. They were 8-2 and two over the last 10 mm. games, and two of the losses came by a combined four points. They have 16 returning starters, Harry, including uh, Devin Leary, who broke NC State's single-season record, 35 touchdown passes. Um, only one in the country with 35 or more touchdown passes and five or fewer interceptions. He's a stud. Their running game was bad. It's not even really worth mentioning. I think they had 120 yards per game. Wide receivers, Othair Thomas, Devin Carter, over 1,100 yards, 14 touchdowns. They returned 10 of 11 starters Mm. from the number two scoring defense in the ACC. Drake Thomas, six sacks. Peyton Wilson, tackles leader in the ACC. They're going to have to replace a couple of the pressure generators um, from last year. Didn't do a great job recruiting 10th in the conference, 64 in the country, but I really don't think they had to. I think they're going to be 4-0 and before they play Clemson. They have Texas Tech. They have the tough ones, though, are Clemson and at UNC. I'm going over here, Harry. I think they can go 10-2. and two. I think 8.5. I think they go over 8.5 easily. I do, too, Sal. This offense is loaded. I mean, you mentioned Devin Leary uh, with the 35 touchdowns last year in his yards. Broke all of Phillip Rivers' records at NC State, and that's really saying something. They don't have to play Miami on the schedule this year. You mentioned won eight of the last ten to close the season out. By the two games were just by a total of four points. You mentioned Drake Thomas on linebacker. 
99 tackles. Peyton Wilson, another linebacker, 108 tackles last year. Uh, and the top three mm. receivers re- are returning. They combined for 2,000 yards, 20 touchdowns last year. This offense of NC State's going to be dynamite. I love the over eight and a half. Yeah, might be my favorite here. I don't know what we're going to do with this. I'm going to lose a lot. I wish it wasn't minus 165, though. Give me a nine. I'll go over nine. There you go. Uh, yeah. Pitt, 11 and three last year. What do you have to say about them? Over under seven and a half for a team that was 11 and three. It's 10 to one to win the conference. Pat Narduzzi's team, eight and one in conference. They were the real surprise. They returned 14 of 22 starters from last year, including uh, seven all ACC selections. The problem is Kenny Pickett isn't one of them, right? And Jordan Addison, who had 17 touchdowns, Belintnikoff winner, transferred to USC. He's not one of them either. So speaking of USC, they get Keaton Slovis. It's so crazy keeping track of this, this transfer portal. It really is. Somehow he was former first team all Pac-12, went 16 and 10, had the most passing yards in the Pac-12 over 7,500 in three years. I don't know. He takes a lot of shit out here, but uh, put the numbers up. Israel, uh, Abed Anaconda, and Vincent Davis combined for 1,500 scrimmage yards, 13 touchdowns. They return all five starters on the offensive line. They return eight defensive starters. They had the most sacks in FBS since 2019, 150 Mm. plus sacks in three years. So that's pretty good. Um, you know, uh, Kalija Kansi, first team all ACC selection, seven sacks. They got a bunch of studs there. Tennessee at Louisville, at USC, at Miami. Those are the tough ones. Three of those are really tough. I, I, I just think they caught lightning in a bottle last year with uh, Kenny Pickett. I'm not sure they're going to repeat. I think, you know, a team from 11 to seven and a half. I'm going to go under. I think they're trying to bait us here. I think they're seven and five. Harry, what do you think? I do too, Sal. And I like the plus one sixty. You're getting on that too. You mentioned a little bit of their schedule. They get they got to play West Virginia. They got to play Tennessee. And I talked about how great I think Tennessee's going to be last this year. Uh, they lost their offensive coordinator to Nebraska. I also mentioned Mark Whipple last year. They were third in the uh, NCAs in offense overall last year. So again, no picket. That's going to change. No Addison. He was tremendous for them at the end of the season. And you mentioned Slovis. Uh, he was actually benched at the end of the season for USC. Yeah. Um, and he's he's born and raised in Scottsdale, played in L.A. at USC. What's going to happen when mm. come end of October, November? Is he going to be able to deal with a cold in Pittsburgh? I don't think so. Again, Sal, you made it. You said it. You said it. I think lightning in a bottle last year. That was first time Pittsburgh been really decent. In a long time, and I think it's a one one hit wonder, and I'm going mm-hmm. under seven and a half too. Yeah, it's tough with some of these teams. They're close. All right, let's go UNC. For, I want to finally hear from Brother Bry here. Six and seven last year. <laughs> uh, they're over under a six and a half. They're twenty five to one odds to win the uh, conference to win the ACC. Mac Brown's team. Uh, they entered. I think they were top ten. They were ranked number ten the preseason poll, and then they went two and two, and they never saw the polls again. They were out. They need to replace leaders on both offense. A Sam Howell, all-time leading passer in defense. Uh, Jeremiah Gemmel mm. and Tom on Fox, both all ACC season. So the quarterback battles between Drake May, who's the son of UNC quarterback Mark May and brother of Luke May, basketball standout, and Jacoby Criswell is a four-star from the 2020 class at 25 career pass attempts. Running back uh, between Ty Chandler and Sam Howell, they have to replace almost 2,000 yards rushing. It's a lot. They're going to have British books, uh, Brooks rather. He had seven yards of carry George Petaway. They have some viable options. Um, they have Josh Downs, first team, all ACC wide receiver led with 101 receptions. 
1335, but not really a lot of depth at wide receiver. The defense has eight starters returning, but it wasn't any good. It was third worst scoring defense in the ACC. Recruiting is second best in the conference, 11th best in the nation. I think they're going to be 3-0 and before Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, Miami. They have Pitt, and then they end with NC State, who should be considerably better than them. I, I, I just, you know, Mac Brown's team loses games they're supposed to win. It'll be probably a loss to at Virginia or at Duke or at Wake Forest. Sorry, Tate Frazier. I'm going under six and a half. Bry, you're, you're, yeah. you're going yeah, uh, to double cross Tate Frazier too. I agree. Yeah. Sorry, Tate. Sorry about that. But yeah, under six and a half, you get the plus 135 here. And UNC, mm-hmm. they killed me last year. I listened to Tate's advice. He said last year was the year they were going to be good. Um, yeah, they just killed me all year. Uh, maybe some of that was, the, you know, they were looking maybe for Sam Howell to do too much, you know, their, but their offensive line play was terrible last year. It really was a roller coaster season, a lot of close games. And, you know, I used to think Mac Brown was a pretty good coach, at least at, you know, I know he had some success, but, you know, uh, maybe not. He's definitely a great recruiter. They do have another, if you look at the recruiting classes, they always have kind of top recruiting classes. Now, I agree with you. They likely start off 3 0, but it's possible. It's possible they could struggle at App State. Mm-hmm. We know, we've seen that in the past, right? We've seen teams go, you know, they, they go to App State, right? Sure. Um, so that they could struggle there. Then you get, you know, they're not being Notre Dame. You get Miami, Pitt, Wake, NC State. And like I was saying, so last year, offensive line play was really bad. They have to replace Howell. And, and again, maybe they'll run the ball more like they did two years ago. But the problem with this team is defensively, this team has been really bad the last two years. Mm-hmm. They've been really bad. They give, they give up a ton of points. Yeah. So I'm not sure... I'm not sure how much they can improve on last season. So, I, you know, I like I do think they're going to probably be six, six and six makes sense when you look at their record. They do have other winnable games there, but I I'd prefer to get the uh, plus one thirty five here. All right. So we're, we agree there. Yeah. I wonder like uh, so now we had to pick another team. We didn't have to pick. I don't know why we did this, but as far as uh, teams <laughs> that were ranked, we could have gone Florida State. We could have gone Louisville. But one of the over under wins is about the same. But the odds for the division anyway, well, the conference. Uh, Louisville, we went with six and seven. The over-under is five and a half. They're 30 to one to win this conference. It's not happening. Scott Satterfield has a losing record in back-to-back seasons for the first time in like 13 years for the for this club. They're, they were 0-6 in games decided by six points or fewer over the last two. They need Lamar Jackson back. It's that simple. And I don't think it's going to happen. But um, they do mm. have the leaders in passing, Malik Cunningham, um, rushing also Malik Cunningham, Receiving Marshawn Ford, the tight end, and sack Jashir uh, Abdullah and in interceptions. They're all back. And they got the Tennessee running back, Evans, in the portal. They have Hudson from Central Arkansas. They're excited about him catching passes. They did average 29 or more points in all three seasons under Satterfeld. Uh, they are the only ACC team to average 200 or more rushing yards in each of the last three seasons, yards per game. Um, I mentioned Cunningham, four year starter, the only active FBS player to account for 100 career touchdowns. Uh, he has 24 interceptions. They have offensive linemen, most of them coming back defensively. The news isn't as good. They're ranked in the bottom half of the ACC in scoring uh, for the last five seasons. They do have Yasir Abdullah. Uh, he had 10 sacks. He's an all-ACC guy. Monty Montgomery, he missed uh, with a torn ACL, but he had 10 sacks in 19, 19 and 20. They play Pitt. They're at Kentucky. They're at Clemson. They start at Syracuse, at UCF, and at and uh, home against FSU. 
I don't know. I, I see it, Paul, like it as either five and seven or six and six. And I think that's how the odds makers see it at five and a half. I'll say five and seven. I don't like their schedule or that they can't close games out no matter no. who's on the field. I'm going under five and a half. Yeah, so I, I like it here, too, because the under five and a half is at plus 155. So you're getting a really good number. Uh, with it right now. Mm. There is some buzz surrounding this Louisville team, thanks to their quarterback, Malik Cunningham. Right. Some would consider him, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson-ish uh, in, in a way, uh, in, a, in, a, in a small way. Um, I think if you do like Louisville to have a good season, and some people do, um, you might want to take a uh, look at the odds for Heisman for surrounding Cunningham, oh. uh, somewhere at like 60 to 1 uh, in that range. Because if they have a really good year and uh, they're approaching nine or ten wins, it's going to be all thanks to uh, Malik Cunningham. So if you believe that, if you think we're wrong here, or, or you want to hedge a little bit here, Cunningham for Heisman <laughs> might be the way to go. But this is a team that was 10 and 14 in the last two years, Sal, right? Uh, with a lot of the same players returning yeah. um, to, to what is really pedestrian numbers on both sides of the ball in terms of right in the middle of the pack offensively, right in the middle, you know, seventh-rated uh, offense, eighth-rated defense in the conference last year. They finished three and six of the last nine. And this, and then this year, they finished at Clemson, home versus NC State, at Kentucky, who blew them out last year in a rivalry game. Uh, I don't think they win any of those last three right. games. So I'm taking the under with a nice plus 155 yeah. here. Yeah, I like the plus number there too. Yeah, so I'm looking at these over-unders. You know, we previewed Louisville as the last, you know, as the what, fifth team, sixth team in the ACC because they're 30 to one. They're odds. Yeah. I'm looking at some of these odds. I guess that I guess some of these other teams have weaker non-conference schedules, right? Because Virginia is seven and a half, they're over-under. We just previewed Louisville whose over-under is five and a half. Virginia Tech is six and a half, right? I mean, that's all this means. Florida State and BC, six and a half. So they must just have weaker non-conference schedules, but their odds are longer to win the conference. Right, Bri? Am I looking at that right? Yep. That's got to yeah, be what right. it is. Yeah. Now, yep. Harry, yep. I haven't heard you say anything about Syracuse. I mean, I was just going to I was just going to mention <laughs> I was going to ask uh, yeah. Parlay Kid. I was going to ask Parlay Kid if he's proud of me. I didn't mention Syracuse one bit this year. What's their number? Well, why what's would their, you? What's their I, number? Bri, isn't it seven and a half? No. Oh, it can't be. No. It's probably like, I'm going to say it's four and a half. I'm trying to get a quick number on it right now. Wait, let, let, well, I don't know if anybody can beat say. me I to it. I would say four and a half is right. Um, hold on a second. But you know what? Where I'm looking right now, I don't even see a number. Yeah, I think that's why. I think I tried to find them. I mean, they're so miserable, yeah. Harry, that they wouldn't even put a number on them here. Lay well, they got, it. they have a few. You know, there's there's UConn, there's Wagner on the schedule. Right. So those are those are two. Yeah, I, it's probably they, yeah. They don't even looking at their schedule though. It's they didn't probably, blow yeah. out. They didn't blow out Wagner last year, by the way. Yeah, I would say it's probably four <laughs> or three. I don't know. Why be, don't they have? I don't even see is them. Quarterback hurt? They're not even listed amongst the ACC conference winners, right? Uh, and you could get Duke. You could get Duke at like a thousand to one right now to win, and Syracuse is not even listed. Uh, Are they still reason. in the ACC? So, Did they um, kick four, that, get kicked four, out? Four, Maybe we four, don't know. Four and a half. It's four and a half. It is four and a half? All right. Yep. Yep. Make Michael, pick, just Harry. let us know. It's go four ahead. and a half. Over or under? What are you doing? Under. I'm gonna, well, boy, yeah, bro, you said, uh, I didn't even look at it. They play Wagner. They play UConn, you said? Wow. 
I'm looking at their I'm looking at their schedule. You know they lose those shitty games. They lost to Liberty before anybody knew who Liberty was, right? I mean, they they I don't even yeah. know that they lost. It's always a team like they, that. They go on a stretch where yeah, I mean me. they still play Purdue. All right, so it's Louisville, Yukon, Purdue, Virginia, Wagner, but then it's NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pitt, Florida State, Wake Forest, Boston College, under. Oh, they're gonna lose oh, they're gonna go all in seven to, to end the season. Maybe Boston College. <laughs> I don't know. All right, so let's pick a winner. Forget about Syracuse, Harry's crap Syracuse team. I'm going NC State, Paul yeah. Kid. I think you're uh, – oh, no, Harry, you're with me. Yeah. I think Doran's got this team going the right direction. Leary, solid quarterback, 10 of 11 starters on a good defense. going to be tough to score on them. It's going to be tough for Clemson to score anyway. I think yeah. they handle Clemson in the yep. ACC uh, title game, plus 750. You're, you're with me, Harry. Yeah, and they, uh, they, October 1st is a showdown against Clemson this year. That's going to be a great, great game. They tripped up Clemson last year. Uh, and like you mentioned earlier, Clemson slipping uh, a, a bit maybe, failed to win the ACC for the first time in six years. They had a lot of offensive issues, especially in the first half of the season last year. Meanwhile, this NC State, again, this offense is loaded, and I'm going to go with NC State to win the ACC at plus 750. Why not? Yeah, well, I'm trying to look. How do they do the ACC with the West and East? All right, so they do have to win that game, NC mm. State, right? Because they're, they're, uh, they're both on they're Unless both in Clemson the ACC loses Atlantic. too. Unless Clemson loses too. Yeah. No, I got you. I got you. But uh, they pretty much have to win that, and then they'll have uh, on the other side like a Miami or a Pitt or somebody like that. So that's that's how that works. All right, uh, Parley Kid. Uh, well, we'll get to yours last. Bry, you're going middle of the pack here. Miami, they're the second favorite on the board, right? Yeah, I'm going Miami at five to one. Look, you know my thoughts on Cristobal, but I do I oh. do think maybe he brings some stability to the program. I will say, and again, he's a great recruiter. Not that that necessarily matters this year. That's great for their program going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Van Dyke, Parley Kid was saying before Van D- Van Dyke was really good last year. You know, winning five of their last six games. And the thing, the reason I like this is, look, the Coastal Conference or the Coastal Division is not very good. Yeah, you know they they'll get pit they get pit and UNC at home. So I think if they go six and two in the conference, I think they'll win the Coastal. They win and then that you go side, up, right? Yeah, and then you'll go up against Clemson or you go up against NC State. Uh, you know, so as long as I, they're going to lose, probably they probably lose at Clemson. Probably, I'm not uh-huh. sure, but I don't see I don't see them losing another two games. So then if they get into that title game. They're, right. You know, what are they? A plus, you know, they're plus 150, plus Pretty 175. Good. They're not they're not going to be huge underdogs, but a 5 to 1 right now to get them I, I kind of like it. That's good value. Definitely good value. All right, but Paula kid, wow. Wow, talk about value. We didn't even go over this team. What what where where are you coming from with this? Well, I, this is no surprise uh to those listening to our podcast if if you're thinking Wake Forest at 30 to yeah. 1 to win the ACC, you're thinking smart. Uh, they, they, you know, they finished inside the top 15 last year, Sal. They're starting this season ranked 22nd mm-hmm. uh, in the AP poll. Uh, they returned quarterback Sam Hartman, 50 total touchdowns last year. Right. And benched they in returned his bowl three game. Of their t- benched in his bowl game. Oh. oh I mean. Cost me a chunk. That, that, that does. Oh, let's see. You just don't be bitter about it, though, <laughs> Harry. And. and, and 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 they have a stud receiver in A.T. Perry, 15 touchdowns last year, 1,300 yards. He returns along with two of the other top uh, four receivers, so three of the top four receivers are back. Severing returning on defense. Mm-hmm. Defense wasn't great, but they did lead the ACC in takeaways. So that's something to build upon. So they got they're going to be three and zero heading into a home game against week uh, in week four against mm. Clemson. 
I think they beat Clemson wow. in this game. And then and then I'm the only other game I would be worried about for them on this schedule is a away game later in the season at NC State. Hmm. This team is this could be an eleven win team this year, Sal. At thirty to one, jump on them to win this ACC. They are legit and they got a lot of there's just a lot of positivity around that program last year. Uh, after last year's eleven win season, Deacons. let's do it. Wow, thirty well, to one. I know. guess it. I guess it must be a little high. I almost forgot this happened right the other day. Now that Parley Kid was mentioning him, I how? What is the status of Hartman? Right? Is he just out for this like two weeks, or is he out for a long period? Well, that could throw <laughs> me way off. <laughs> so. No, I know. Um, I, I'm wondering if that's why the I do worry like about 30, this. We, 30, we, men- we mentioned a thousand one. names, and that's what people are like. Yeah, well, he's hurt, so I don't know. Uh, no, I think, I, he's out with like a non-medical issue. No, I know it says it says yeah, indefinitely. That, that's all I'm saying is that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, you got to one of the last teams to lose a game last year in Division One. They were one of the very last teams. Yeah. Well, listen, my agent, baby doll, James Dixon, is on the board of uh, directors there. Baby, I like what you're thinking, parlay kid. But happy birthday to baby doll. Turned 60 yesterday. Still, oh, still happy the best birthday, abs baby in the business. Doll. Yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah, baby doll Dixon. So he would like parlay kids uh, pick at uh, 30 to 1. That's a nice little birthday gift. Yeah. Heck All right. yeah. Uh, let's go Big 12. Oklahoma plus 190. Texas, 3 to 1. Oak State plus 550. Baylor plus 550. We'll start with the Sooners who underwent a major, major, major facelift. Brent Venables inherits this 11-2 and two team from Lincoln Riley. Uh, you have to go over 8.5. You have to pay minus 180 if you like the over 8.5 wins. In the Riley era, let's take a look. Four Big 12 titles, three playoff appearances, zero playoff wins. I don't know. People see that as a positive, a negative. Um, I don't know what you make of uh, Lincoln Riley's tenure there, but he won the Big 12. So that's, that's uh, you know... Can't ask for a ton more than that, except they got crushed in the playoffs. Venables, former OU assistant, becomes head coach after 26 seasons. More notably, he won two national titles and six conference titles with Clemson. Um, I don't, I don't know what this Oklahoma team. You know, they're in the flood. They have three more years than Big 12 before they join the SEC, where they really won't win playoff games. They return only four starters on offense. Here's who's gone: Caleb Williams, Spencer Rattler, running back Kennedy Brooks. Wide receiver Jaden Hasselwood, wide receiver Mario Williams, Michael Woods the second. They hired the Old Miss and UCF uh, OC Jeff Lebby as coordinator because Dylan Gabriel was a UCF quarterback. He's transferred now to Oklahoma. He's going to start um, more total uh, yards per game, 323 than any other FBS quarterback over the last three seasons. 70 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. This is with UCF. He's coming back from a broken clavicle. They're unsure of themselves at running back. They're going to have to replace four of the five top receivers from last year. They have Marvin Mims, who had 14, um, most of uh, any big 12 player since 2020. Theo Weiss is pretty good wide receiver. They added Javian Hester from Missouri and uh, Bunkley Shelton from ASU. They're middle of the pack defensively. They lose Nick Benito, uh, Isaiah Thomas. Yep, that one, and Perrion Winfrey. Under Brent Venables, though, Clemson had the number one scoring defense in the ACC five of the last six years. They're going to have to replace, I said, Thomas Benito and Winfrey, uh, who had 20 and a half sacks. I think it's smooth sailing. I'm looking at the schedule until they see Texas on uh, October 8th in Dallas. Again, it gets a little tough at Iowa State, Baylor, OK State. They're going to go nine and three, right? I I don't see four losses on this schedule. It's just a lot of VIG, minus 180. So 
I'll go over, Harry, and I think you're doing the same. Yeah, I think the Big 12 is down this year. I do like the hire of Venables. I definitely like Levy of Ole Miss. They had a tremendous offense there with uh, with, with Corral, at quarterback. Uh, Oklahoma has not lost more than two games since 2014. It's Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. Uh, I saw a lot of his games at UCF. He was there for two and a half years. He got hurt in the end of the uh, middle of the season last year. But in two and a half years at UCF, he had 70 touchdowns, over 8,000 yards passing. Uh, running back Eric Ray is good. He returns. Uh, wide receiver, you mentioned Marvin Sims, averaged 21.6 yards per reception last year. And they got a freshman in Javante Barnes, who's supposed to be a tremendous running back, too, to help that team out. Uh, I'm going to go over eight and a half with you, too, Sal. I mean, I see if if it if worse comes to worse at nine and three and they get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. I mean, yeah, again, the minus 180 is crazy, but um, yeah, nine and three uh, should, should be, um, you know, baddish case scenario for the Oklahoma Sooners this year. All right. Texas, Texas, Scott Holmes, Scott, the Grizz hmm. Holmes, huge, huge Texas fan. Uh, he'll play the replay of uh, every Texas game in the office. There you go. He loves it. I don't know what he's thinking. Let me just go through my stuff here with Texas. They were five and seven last year, uh, three and six in conference. Their over under is eight and a half. They're three to one to win the conference over under eight and a half, five and 17. Um, But let's, let's look at it. They had a losing record in year one on the Sarkeesian. That's their first losing season in five years. Five of their seven losses were one score games. They were two of five. Um, they did not have a player selected in the NFL draft for the first time since 2014. That's astounding. Astounding, considering their recruiting class is number one in the conference and five in the whole country. And it's been like that for the last five years. First yeah. in Big 12, fifth in FBS. They secured Arch Manning for 2023. All right, so he's not going to start this year. The quarterback battle is between Quinn Ewers, who's Ohio State transfer, the number one recruit in the 2021 class, and Hudson Card, who's the number one four quarterback in 2020. Card, I think, was one and one before Casey Thompson took over last year. They have B. John Robinson. He's fun to watch. Running back all Big 12, uh, 142 scrimmage yards per game, 15 touchdowns in 10 games. Xavier Worthy, 12 touchdown receptions last year. They added in the transfer portal the Alabama receiver Hall and uh, Nayor, who was all Mountain West at Wyoming. Um, the defense, 99th in FBS. Oh, but I, I get it. Everyone's bad in the Big 12 defensively, but they lose a bunch of players, none to the draft, mind you. UT's top five signings in 2022 all came on defense. Looking at the schedule there, Bama, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor. It's good, not great. They always, they're, but they're always going to lose games they should win, right? Sarkeesian bounces back from three to six, to three and six to what? Five and four? Three and oh out of conference. I think eight and four. And then, you know, it's nice, Scott. You play on December 30th versus BYU or something, right? I'm going under eight and a half, eight and four. Bry, before we hear from Scott, let's hear you. I think you like under also. Yeah, poor, poor Scott. I love, love, love the under here. I, mm. I'm wondering why it's so high. I get they, you know, you mentioned the recruiting classes, and I get that it's consistently, you know, the top of the, mm-hmm. the conference, but Sarkeesian is not a good coach. Right. Look, look at their schedule, though. I mean, Babel will say it's an automatic loss. Mm-hmm. Sure. And sure, maybe, you know, maybe they do start four and one, but they're going to have to beat either Oklahoma, Baylor or OK State to probably go over this number. And yeah. they can't get tripped up by Texas Tech, TCU, Kansas State. Now, don't forget last year. And, and I'm actually surprised. I, I know you can say first year, but I'm surprised Sarkeesian still has a job. 
Mm-hmm. Right? They lost they lost 6 of their last 7. Right. They lost at home to Kansas. Right? They lost at home to Kansas. Yes, I, mean, I know that. Sal, yeah, you had that. I, mean, I know that. I know. <laughs> how, I got lucky the year how, before when they won that game. They shouldn't have, but Right. They shouldn't have won before. the year before. Yeah. Like how I mean, how bad is that to go out and then like yeah. you were saying too, with just players not being drafted, right? Like that mm-hmm. is a direct I mean, there's there's talent there. That is It doesn't get worse. On, yeah, that is on coach. the coach. I'm surprised. I mean, I obviously he's under the hot seat now, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this this season, but I actually felt like Texas takes this stuff so seriously. Maybe they felt like Sarkeesian. That's maybe because he got Manning to come in next year. Maybe they figured they had to give him. You know, they can't. Right. They can't ruin that. But yeah, like you said, I mean, I thought Thompson was a pretty good quarterback, and then he really regressed last year. And I don't know if that was because of Sarkeesian and that kid Ewers who they brought in. It's funny. I always wonder why these top kids come over to a school knowing at best you could probably only start this year if Manning is coming well, in yeah, next year. Yeah. It's really, it's really weird. It's yeah. really weird. But anyway, I I, I think they I think transfer is, so I, much it doesn't even matter anymore. Transfer once, I mean, transfer think, twice, transfer yeah. three times in four years, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think to me, I think this is my favorite play. Yeah. I, I just love the under here. You know, yeah. even if you're you know eight and four is still a solid season for them, all things considered. But I I don't see them getting to nine wins. All right, Scott. Go ahead, defend uh, defend your coach first of all, because it really does seem like every lot is stacked uh, against him, including no draftees. Wow. Uh, I didn't know I had to defend anything. I think eight <laughs> wins sounds about right. Uh, well, listen, hold on, hold on. I know for a fact you bet on this team to win the Big Twelve. So, God, don't don't oh golly us here. Yeah, you, you like this team. I do. You like bet them to win the whole thing. What's the matter uh, with you? Well, yeah. I think. They can score 40 points a game. So and anything can happen. I mean, last year, even last year, there's what three or four games where we had uh, lead, double digit leads on teams that were in the top mm-hmm. 10, top 20, whatever. So I, I think they just need to learn how to, to have the back end catch up with the front end, but the back end's so bad. Um, some mm-hmm. really big things are going to have to happen. Uh, but I think, I, I don't think he's on the hot seat whatsoever because I think, um, Texas is loving seeing Arch come this way. They love seeing all the NIL. The, the, uh, here's the way we won our last one. Mac didn't write a single X and O on the board. He stacked a room with NFL players and he let Vince run the show. So that's what I'm hoping for. And uh, yeah. I, Vince, I, what, what, oh, are you talking well, about yeah, 20 yeah, years ago? Arch. Yeah. A player-led team oh. like that and, and have the head coach just sit back. But um, Vince McMahon? We've got huge trouble. You know, you Aaron, brought up Aaron's Nayor, by the way. Nayor out yeah. for the season and a lineman out for the yeah. season as of yesterday. Right. Thank so you for that. that. really yeah. sucks for us. So. All right. See, that helps, see? Because then, yeah. I, then I get, oh, you're stupid. You're not doing your homework. But I really just did that to set Scott up and make sure he's well, paying tr- attention. I mean, truly so. it changes everything because the, the two of those receivers are the only two, I think, double-digit uh, TD receivers coming into the season, that Nayor. Yeah. And that, that was going to be – everything we – Last year, you just watched them miss on the long ball over and over and over, and you're just like, "crap!" If we have that, it's over. And now they have it, so I don't know. Right? I could see it going. All right, I, could, I could see us losing to San Antonio the week after Alabama if we beat Bama, guaranteed. Oh come on! <laughs> don't guarantee. Guaranteed. Don't guarantee. That's my lock year. If we beat Alabama, you like we lose the next week to Jeff Trailer. <laughs> UTSA. Yep. I think what it, uh, do they have? Do they have a, a spread for that? I know they have notable games. Like a 16-point underdog there? Or, I don't know uh, about that one yet, but I, yeah. all right. that trailer's a uh, great all right. coach. 
Well, good yeah. luck. I mean, Sarkeesian's gone if he does this again, this three and six in the conference. Well, if care, he does uh, that, yeah. If he get Peyton Kansas, Manning back. You're supposed yeah. to get fired after Kansas losses. Yeah, that's, that's right. how it works. Yeah. That's exactly right. All right, let's go to Oklahoma State. 12-2 uh, and two last year, 8-2 and two in the conference. Their over-under is 8.5, plus 550 to win the uh, Big 12. Mike Gundy's pokes. They finished inside the top 10 for the first time in a, in a decade. And then Spaghetti, they beat your team in the Fiesta Bowl. They returned seven starters, including Spencer Sanders, who accounted for the most yards in the Big 12 last year, over 3,500. But he also had the most interceptions. He had 12. There's no player in the country who had more turnovers than Sanders, 40 in three years. Um, but then, like in that game, in that Fiesta Bowl, we had 500, almost 500 yards and four touchdowns with no picks against Notre yeah. Dame. It's so weird. Dominic Richardson's back, averaged over five yards a carry over the last two seasons. Brendan Presley, 50 receptions, 600 yards, five touchdowns last year, uh, 137 in the Fiesta Bowl. The number one defense in the Big 12 in almost every category last year. I know they only have four returning starters. They lose Malcolm Rodriguez and Devin Harper. Uh, they got Derek Mason they hired as the defensive coordinator, who replaces Jim Knowles, who's the new Ohio State D.C., uh, Look, I think they're going to be around in the end. The quarterback has to be a little less erratic, and I think he will be. They're at Baylor. They play Texas. They're at Oklahoma. I'm going over. And then, and I think they beat Oklahoma. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm bearing the lead here. They beat them in the Big 12 championship game, going over eight and a half. Paul, kid, you like Mike Gundy's team as well. Yeah, I like the over here. In fact, uh, this might be my favorite uh, mm. one out of all the ones we've covered so far. I really like Oklahoma State over eight and a half. Here at minus 110. Like you mentioned with uh, QB Spencer Sanders, this is his fourth year starting. And I do think that Gundy is waiting for him to take that next leap, though, right? He has been he's been good, really good at times, poor at times. He's really waiting for him to be a more consistent quarterback. Maybe in this senior year, he's primed mm-hmm. for that. So I do think he takes he finally takes that next step. Uh, their D, as you said, South, number one ranked in the conference, ninth in the country overall. They led the country with four sacks per game. Yeah. That's a terrific stat, including our freshman uh, defensive end, Colin Oliver, who finished with ten and a half sacks. So he's a stud. Um, they open up with Central Michigan, ASU, Arkansas, Pl- Pine Bluff. That's three wins to start the season. And I think this conference just – I don't think it's great. I don't think it's great. I think I think they might be the best team mm-hmm. here. I think I love the over eight and a half. I love this one. Yeah, uh, it's I weird love to see the team play defense like that in the Big 12, with all these spread offenses and everything. But they do. They come to play. Again, only four returning from uh, this year. But I like this uh, new defensive coordinator. He was an Auburn, D.C., former Vanderbilt head coach, Derek Mason. All right, Baylor, 12 and two last yep. year, eight and two in the conference. They're over under seven and a half. <laughs> Why? Plus 550. You got Dave Aranda. Uh, he made that leap from two wins in 2020 to 12 wins in 21. They won the New York New Year's Six Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, for the first time since 1979. They won a New Year's Six Bowl. I, I, what do you do with a team that increased their win total by 10 and then lost a substantial chunk of their talent? Jerry Bohannon, mm-hmm. quarterback. Abram Smith is gone. Uh, Treston Ebner. Tyquan Th- Thornton is a pro. Uh, we know a wide receiver. They lost linebacker Terrell Bernard, Jalen Petrie. He got drafted. I think Blake Shapin now is going to call uh, snaps. He's going to take snaps. Former four-star recruit, 2-0 and as a starter last year after Bohannon got hurt. Um, you know, like I said, Abram Smith is gone. He broke Baylor's single-season rushing record, 1,600 yards. They have 
three top three receivers from last year gone. Tyquan Thornton, 10 touchdowns. They recruited middle of the pack, fifth in the conference, 36 in the country. Defensively, second best defense. So they're right behind Oklahoma State, but they lose Terrell Bernard. I mentioned Petrie. Um, they led in takeaways and sacks. Um, they have some guys back, some good ones. Defensive uh, newcomer of the year, Siaki Ika, Jackson Players, a Tulsa transfer, Dylan Doyle at 90 tackles. At BYU, at Iowa State, Oklahoma State, that's early. Then at Oklahoma, they end November 26th at Texas. I think this is a sucker bet. A team that won 12 games only asked to win seven and a half this year. You can bet under and you get eight and you win. No, I'm going, uh, I'm going under. Bry, you like the over bit. You're getting big money there at minus 170. I'm going under seven and a half. Yeah, obviously seven and a half sounds a little fishy. It seems low. And that's why you obviously have to lay the minus 170. But I do like David Aranda a lot as a head coach. He's done an awesome job there in two seasons, right? Considering the mess that was left behind for what, for what he's done in two years is kind of remarkable. Um, but, you know, last year they really, I mean, they played, I, I was probably going against them a lot, but they, you know, and they probably screwed me too, but they closed the season out. A lot of big wins, right? Old Miss, Oak State, uh-huh. Oklahoma. Uh, even BYU, I think, earlier in the year. But, you know, I know they're at BYU Week 2, which is going to be really tough. And they're at Oklahoma and Iowa State, which could be tough games. But they get Oak State at home. It, when you look at the overall schedule in this conference, again, it's not really that crazy if they're a solid team. Now, I know they need to replace a couple of big pieces, like you were saying, on offense. Uh, but Chapin, actually, when he played last year, he was he was actually almost as good. I mean, almost as good. I mean, even though they're off- offensively, I know they were like top three in scoring or whatever it was yeah. in the conference, but it wasn't like offensively. If they were winning games like 20, 21 7, 21 10, because defensively they were so good, which we know is like so weird to have. Yeah, had 17 uh, straight completions in that Big 12 uh, championship game, right? Yeah. Against Oak State. Yeah, no, yeah. solid. And, and, you know, the thing is they get back pretty much their whole line is back and their mm-hmm. line should be really, offensive line should be really good. Um, so like, again, offensively, they'll be able to replace, I think some of the skill yeah. positions and defensively, I, I feel like there's a type of coach that he'll be able to replace some of these guys that, that they've lost. So I, I think they're going to be very, I, I think they're going to be very good again, Baylor. I do think them and Oak state are probably the two toughest teams right now. In the All conference. right. So those are the, what, what did we just do four there? Was that four, uh, big 12 teams yeah. or five? We did. All right. We did four. There's some middle of the pack teams, Kansas state, TCU, Iowa state supposed to win six and a half games, Texas tech, five and a half, West Virginia, five and a half, and then Kansas two and a half. Uh, that's as low as it gets for a, for a power five team right there. Um, let's go big 12 championship. I'm going Oak state. I like Mike Gundy. You get plus five fifty. I like him as much as he hates candy corn. Um, I think they beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. That's my pick. Uh, Polly kid, you're with me, right? Yeah, yeah, like I said, Sal, Oklahoma State's my favorite team here in this mm-hmm. conference. Uh, I think that I think their quarterback's prime to take uh, the next step, which makes them that much better. Uh, I think they uh, they win this conference rather easily. All right, Harry, uh, Oklahoma. You say I don't know who you think they're beating in the championship game, but you like them at plus one ninety. Favorite. Yeah, I'm just not, I'm not buying the hype with the horn. Sorry, Scott. Uh, I, I've said it before <laughs> on the show here that I think Sarkeesian's a scumbag. Uh, he can't Whoa. spell defense. I know they Whoa. got ex-TCU head coach Gary Patterson to be the defensive coordinator, but I don't know if Patterson fits the role as a coordinator. He's really taken a little bit of a step down considering he was at TCU for so long and did so many nice things there. 
I like Venables. I, I like Levy again on the uh, for the offensive coordinator. Dylan Gabriel again has put up some great numbers at UCF, and I'm not just buying. I got to see. I got to see improvement. I got to see this Quinn Ewers actually get something done because Texas has not. You wouldn't think it, but Texas hasn't had a first team. Why I asked you to pick player. a winner? Why are you railing on Texas? <laughs> like, I'm, is, I'm, I'm is, burying Texas because everyone's on Texas. The, 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 the Texas teams. is a favorite. I mean, I'm going with Oklahoma, and I'm saying yeah. I, I'm stating why I'm going not taking Texas. So it's more of a thing for going against Texas than taking Oklahoma. But I well, like, I said, we like Oklahoma Venables. State's a good Maybe. team. Baylor's a good team. Yeah, it's not that if they lose personal. <laughs> well, Scott, Gabriel Scott, 70, somewhere no. in there, it started Gabriel's, with an apology. He said, I apologize, Scott. So do you accept his apology? I guess. It's, it, I mean, I know Sarkeesian has a terrible haircut, but that's no reason to call him a scumbag, Harry, just because he has Oh, hair. there's many reasons to call him a scumbag. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Wow. We'll be covering <laughs> Washington in a second. That's another reason why There's he didn't no do shit Omar there Vizquel, either. But I get you. All right. All right. So uh, there you go. All right. So who do we Oh, uh, Brian, you like Baylor. Uh, plus 550 is a nice Yeah, like, I like Baylor. I like Baylor and Oklahoma State. I like those both at plus 550. I don't mm-hmm. think I, with so many changes to Oklahoma, I feel like plus 190 is not great value. And, I, right. and like we said, we don't we don't really like Texas at three to one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's do the Pac-12. Um, all right. So you're all right, Scott, with Harry. I mean, you guys are working, right? <laughs> it's fine. It's just that Scott. We'll, Scott, I'll, I'll, I owe you a coffee. I owe you a coffee, Scott. Okay, we'll hash it out over that. Thank you for saying. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's do the Pac-12. USC plus one seventy. Utah plus two fifty. Oregon three to one. UCLA ten to one. And then Washington seventeen to one. We'll start with USC. That were four and eight. And three and six in the conference. Their over under is nine and a half plus 170 because Lincoln Riley's in town. They fired Clay Helton, who was 19 and 14 over four seasons. Lincoln Riley was hired, what, November? Guys led his team to more points per game, 43.6 than any other head coach in Division I era, minimum 40, uh, 40 games. So 43.6. So there's a lot to be excited about with the offense. And also there's three ways to do this as we've researched now, 20, 25 teams, you know, you can dominate recruiting, right? You can dominate the transfer portal or you can kick everyone's ass with, with doing both like teams like LSU and believe it or not, Texas um, USC 10th in the conference recruiting, which is weird, but Lincoln Riley really chose to focus on the transfer portal. He added the number, he had number one transfer class in the country Caleb Williams, quarterback, Travis Dye, running back, Jordan Addison, wide receiver. They lose Keaton Slovis, Keontae Ingram, and Drake London. That's rough. Um, but they finished fifth in points per game last year. That's not a Lincoln Riley team. I know they're going to score. They get Caleb Williams, the Oklahoma transfer, a former five-star recruit, uh, highest pass efficiency in the Big 12 last year, 27 touchdowns, four interceptions. They get Travis Dye, as I mentioned, the Oregon transfer, running back, had 18 touchdowns, almost 1,700 scrimmage yards last year. Uh, they got Austin Jones, the Stanford transfer, had nine rushing touchdowns. Wide receiver, they got the Pitt transfer, Jordan Addison, Balintnikoff award winner, I mentioned, 17 touchdowns last year receiving. Now they got Mario Williams, Oklahoma. I mean, it just uh, on and on and on offensively from the transfer uh, portal. Can he fix the defense, though? That's the question. Last year, they gave up 31.8 points per game. Um Again, transfer portal. They add Shane Lee, linebacker from Alabama. Uh, Arizona, uh, a state linebacker, Gentry. Romello Height from Auburn. They, they loaded up. I'm looking at their schedule. There's a good chance they're 6-0 before they go at Utah. They end with UCLA and at Notre Dame. 
This team, I don't know. Maybe I'm drinking the Southern California Kool-Aid, but I think they're 10 and 2 or 11 and 1. It's a possibility, spaghetti, that the Notre Dame game could be for a playoff spot. What do you think? Maybe just based on that? No. If Even Notre Dame a couple losses. If Notre Dame can get into the playoffs by just beating USC, I'd love that. And I take those chances any day of the week cuz I think a Wouldn't team like Notre best? I think a team like Notre Dame is the is really the worst case scenario for SC. Notre Dame is going to be a team that has a great offensive line, is going to run the ball a ton, and has a mobile quarterback. I just don't think mm-hmm. SC has the defense to stop that. Uh, I believe Jeff Schwartz had a great tweet about SC. He was like, "They're going to have to win every game this year, fifty to forty nine, because they won't be able to stop anything." And uh, I just think their trench play offense defense line is not that great. So I'm not a huge SC supporter this year. I think they will have a few losses. All right. All right. There you go. I think I think they have two losses and that's good enough to uh, win on the over. I say 10 and two for Riley. Harry, what do you like? Yeah, I like it over too. Sal. you covered it. Riley, uh, Caleb Williams, who uh, single handedly won a few games by himself for Oklahoma and the Sooners last year. Um, They also uh, got uh, Bryson Shaw, cornerback from Ohio State. He was their best corner for the Buckeyes last season. You mentioned uh, 17 touchdowns uh, for Addison. That was the most in the country. And yeah, their schedule. Start off with Rice, start off, and then they have Fresno. They don't have to play Oregon. Die from Oregon is an absolute stud. So I'm going to go over to Sal. All right. Oregon, then. You spoke about Oregon. 10 and 4, 7 and 3 in the conference. Their over under is 8.5. It's 3 to 1 for them to win the conference. Lots and lots of changes. They replaced Crystal Ball, who Brian and I lost a ton betting on. I mean, he just made dumb decisions, right? I mean, is that going to, is that going to change? Because he went to back to his alma mater? I don't know. Whatever. Um, Leading passer, Anthony Brown's gone. Leading rusher, Travis Dye is gone. Leading receiver, Devin Williams, uh, gone. Kayvon Thibodeau, the number five overall draft pick, is gone. They hired Georgia uh, defensive coordinator Dan Lanning when Cristobal left for Miami. Last year, they followed nine and one start by losing three out of four, and those losses came by 74 points. I mean, they get crushed by Utah. They were 0-2 against Utah by 28 points. Uh, 38, they, they just get murdered by that team. But they hit the portal hard. They got Bo Nix from Auburn. He's going to be uh, taking snaps. Marquise Irving's a running back from Minnesota. Chase Coda from UCLA comes over. Uh, Bo Nix, say what you will, seems like a game manager type quarterback, former five-star recruit, 21-13 and 13 at Auburn, 57 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, had an uh, ankle surgery that ended 21 uh, season. He was on his way to a good year at 15 touchdowns and three interceptions. Knicks is with the, his former Auburn OC, Dillingham. Um, running backs, Byron Cardwell is a four-star, 21 class leader, Pac-12 with 6.8 yards per carry. I mentioned Marquise Irving, the Minnesota transfer, almost 700 yards and four touchdowns. They got some wide receivers from the portal. The UCLA kid, I mentioned seven return on defense. Brandon Dorless, first-team all Pac-12. Noah Sewell, first-team All-Pac-12 with 114 tackles. They're replacing four starters in the secondary. Um, You know, no USC on the schedule, but they start versus Georgia as a monster dog. BYU, Washington, Utah, who they can never, ever beat. I'm not going to miss betting on Cristobal's Ducks, but I still think they're going under eight and a half, probably eight and four, somewhere in that. That might be generous. What do you say, Brian? Yeah, I like the under eight and a half of plus 105, too. You know, everything about this team is new. Um, I kind of like their moves. I mean, Dan Lanning may be a very good coach. We just don't know. We've never seen it. And I think bringing in Bo Nix is definitely an upgrade to what they have. But it's it's hard for them out of the gate, right? 
I'm marking the, I'm marking a loss against Georgia. I know last year they had that win against Ohio State, but I'm marking it a loss against Georgia. I mean, they're getting what seventeen, 17 points in that I game, think. right? Yeah. I saw so that. that that means you need to go nine and two the rest of the way, right? For for this to hit, yeah. You know, you get BYU at home, but BYU could be it could be really good, and mm-hmm. they do get Utah and UCLA at home too, which is big for them. But we saw what Utah did for against them last year. They pretty much have a lot of their their team returning. Um, and you know, a, a team like Oregon could get tripped up on the road, road at Oregon state, right? It's not the same as Oregon state years ago where Oregon state used to just get blown out by everybody. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty solid in there as well. And you know, that's the thing though. I will say Oregon, the one good thing about them is they, they have had some of the best recruiting classes in the country. So the talent is there. They just have to replace a lot, like all of their skilled positions. They pretty much have to replace and, you know, defensively, they were bad last year. And so I'm sure right. Lightning's going to improve. I'm sure they're going to improve defensively at some point in time. Might be later in the year. It might be next year. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, 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 I'm more confident on this team going eight and four than I am uh, nine and three. We can't lose more money on Oregon than we did last couple of years with Crystal Ball. No, it's impossible. Definitely so, not. So definitely uh, not. either way, we're uh, coming out winners. All right, Utah, 10 and four. Nine and one. They win this conference last year. Ten and four, nine and one in the conference. Over under is eight and a half. The over is pricey though, minus one seventy. And you get plus two fifty if they win the conference. Kyle Whittingham, eighteen years with Utah. One is um, you know, like I said, won the first Pac twelve championship last season. Um, they won the Pac twelve South in three of the last four years. And uh, again, all over Oregon. Twice they beat him by seventy-six to seventeen margin last year. Top three scoring offense, very balanced. Um, number two, top three scoring defense. Number three in the Pac-12. They dominate both lines of scrimmage. Number one rushing offense. Uh, number one rushing defense. I, you know what, uh, Parley kid? We talk about this. They really kind of are the most complete and dominant, but boring team over the last five years. Right. Yes. I mean, is that a good characterization of them? I, I think it might be more than five years. Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like uh, they just I think, you know what? They're a program team, right? They, they the kids that go there seem to be like, mm-hmm. you know, four year kids. And I don't know. There's something about it because they have they still have like Utah. still to me, at least football wise, like the way you would think about basketball, like a mid-major in basketball. Right. Like, I feel like that Utah in football has that feel, though, like where. They probably don't get like the top recruits from all over the place, but they just get a lot of solid kids, like a lot yeah. of high character kids that just pl- love to play well, football. Here's the thing. They, that's that's they, how I look they at They might them. not get the, the very best recruits, but they're number four in recruiting in the Pac-12. I think kids are starting to go to the school, right? I mean, good players want to go to Utah, and why not? They won the Big 12. So, uh, uh yeah, they're always good. They're always good. Their offense good. returns nine starters. Cameron Rising's a quarterback. First team all Pac-12. Went nine and two as a starter. 26 touchdowns, five interceptions. Um, three touchdowns, no turnovers in the Rhodes Bowl versus Ohio State. They have Tavian Thomas, first team all Pac-12 running back. 21 rushing touchdowns. Um, tight ends are, are very solid. You know, they're kind of like a... Uh, like a like a Nebraska or a Wisconsin, a successful team playing out west, right? Uh, Eleven hundred receiving yards and fourteen touchdowns between Kute right. and Kincaid. Um, the the wide receivers are solid. Like I said, fourth best recruiting class in uh, in the Pac-12. They lose Devin Lloyd defensively, Nephi Sewell, Montfonte Davis. That's big, but they have Pac-12 defensive freshman of the year Tafuna. They have uh, Van Fillinger, led the Pac-12 freshman with five and a half sacks. 
I'll tell you what, they beat Florida and they're on their way to 6-0 and before USC. And then they finish at Oregon, at Colorado. But I think it's only three losses and I think they compete with USC and play in that championship game. And I am going over the total here. They're too disciplined if they stay healthy. I'm going to go uh, nine and three. Really solid on both sides of the ball. Good, smart, under the radar coach, even though he's been there 18 years. Harry, what are you going with? I'm going to take Washington over seven and a half at minus Washington. 120. Oh, I'm sorry. I went the, what, the, I called on the wrong guy. Bry, right? Leave, leave that that's Leave Bri. that in there. No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. my best well, to cover you, uh, Ski. Uh, no, that was covering guy, me? This, we're, we're about to talk about Washington? I'm about to pass out, guys. All right. You can tell, oh, you well, can tell Harry's Harry's battling. He's sweating. Maybe we should let him do Washington. All right. We'll let you do Washington. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Brian, say a couple words and Harry go right into Washington. No, I, I was going to say, I'm a big I'm All, a all big the Cal Utah West talk made him lightheaded. His, his wife wants him to go. Oh, don't take your shirt. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. God. Now we have to be lightheaded. Jeez. All right, go ahead. <laughs> you, you guys have known this right, over the years. Sure I'm, a big, yeah. I'm a big Kyle Winningham fan. He always yeah. seems to overachieve with this team. You know, last year I gave them out to be conference champions. <laughs> <laughs> They've won uh, the South three of the last four seasons. And, you know, the thing was, this, this when I gave it out last year, they started off bad, right, with Brewer. And it was like, oh, my God. And mm -hmm. then Brewer left the program, and then they brought in Cameron Rising, mm -hmm. who was actually who ended up being fantastic for them. And, then, you know, sure, they couldn't stop Ohio State, especially in that second half of that Rose Bowl, but they were winning. They were winning, you know, 10 or what, 12 minutes left in that fourth yeah. quarter. You know, they're a gritty team. Uh, they were a great rushing team. Tavion Thomas was really good for them, especially after our first few games. So, like you're saying, if they get if they come out right away and they get a win at Florida, they're a two point favorite in that game. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's gonna you know there's chance you know this it, there's chance this could be a college football playoff type of team. Yeah, you know, they get USC they get USC at home at Oregon. It'll be interesting. I mean, they could technically be favorites pretty much almost every game, right? Because they'll be a slight. Maybe a three-point favorite at home against USC. Yeah. At Oregon, I would normally say an underdog, but the way they beat the shit out of them last year, I don't know. And then at UCLA, they'll be a small favorite. Um, but those are two teams they dominated last year. So I'm surprised it's not nine uh, or maybe even nine and a half, but I'm big on them yeah. again this year. So I, I I would play the over. All right. All right, let's get Sorry, through this. Sorry, that was no, long, that's Harry. okay. No, we got a couple more. All right, Harry, you got to little, wait a little because it makes sense to hit UCLA <laughs> next. <laughs> I don't know. You want to do Washington? All right. We'll do Washington, okay. then you can get up. All right. First of all, I don't even know why we're doing Washington, other than that they were like fifth, right? I mean, they don't really have a chance. They were four and eight and three and six. They're over under seven. What? Oh, I was going to I got, I got reasons. That's why. All right. I was setting you up here. All right. Go, go ahead. Tell, tell us about Washington. They're 17 to one to win the conference. I'm going to go over seven and a half at minus 125. A total revamping here. So it's kind of a tough call, but new head coach and Kyler DeBoer. Um, he brought his uh, own offensive coordinator and not only one, but he's got two defensive coordinators. They came from from Fresno with him where he was 10 and uh, three at Fresno last year. Before that, at NAIA schools, his record was 79 and nine. They opened the season with four straight home games on the 17th of September. They get Michigan State at home. I think they tripped them up. I think it's a big win. And you guys remember a couple of years back, 
They, they, in the portal, they, they got Indiana quarterback Michael Penix Jr. That guy had 500 yeah. yards in the horseshoe against Ohio State in the game. So he's a quarterback. Uh, and they got two defenders back from injury that didn't play last year. And, the, and Zion Tupelo Fatui, 2020 Pac-12 sacks leader. I'm taking Washington to go over seven and a half. I think they get to eight. And, and uh, you know, and I think this coach is going to do a lot for the Washington program, unlike what Steve Sharkeesian did when he was at Washington. Oh, my God. Scott, again, he hits you. <laughs> a, a, a parting shot. A vomit his hair. What is really going short on? <laughs> he did at USC. How do you ever get a job again? Give me a break. And then when he went to when he was at the Falcons, he goes to the Falcons. And their offense stinks. Matt Ryan's you know terrible when he goes to the Harry, Falcons. When the Red Rock Casino fired you, I didn't. Uh, people were saying what he did at Red Rock. He should never work in sports gambling again. But I, I took I, a shot. Guess what? I took a chance. Guess what? Yeah, I'd ahead. still love to know what I did because I don't know. Well, Sarkeesian's oh, the same way. He's like, whatever. I had a couple drinks. Well, what, right what now, you look like some ice cream that fell off the cone. <laughs> come on guys come on we don't need this we don't need this all right I, I don't want to I, whatever i i i think i i i don't know what i, I think this number is ridiculous they're four and eight and they're expected to win eight games and they play at oregon at ucla they play michigan state I, i'm not even sure they're better than teams like washington state oregon state and arizona state but harry is um sam heward it's not necessarily Penix, right it's him and sam heward yeah. who's a nephew of brock heward nephew. um Going head to head. All right. So there you go. I'm going under. Mm. Harry's going over. Let's finish it out with UCLA. We're going backwards, Parlay Kid. Um, eight and four, six and three in the conference. Over under seven and a half. It's 10 to one. Uh, Chip Kelly finally produced a winning season. It was 10 and 21 this first three seasons. They're going to have to replace 15 starters, though. Seven all Pac 12 selections. Seven returning starters are the second fewest in the Pac 12. Both coordinators gone. Justin Fry's Ohio State. Jerry Azanaro resigns. Big losses on offense, Britton Brown, Kyle Phillips, Chase Coda. Um, I know Dorian Thompson-Robinson led the Pac-12 in total touches. It, it doesn't make sense to me that he did. I mean, with all the backlash he gets. He had 30 um, and yards per attempt, eight and a half. Uh, Zach Charbonneau was uh, 20, 21 at all Pac-12 with 1137 rushing yards. He's back, 13 touchdowns. The top three wide receivers are gone. They did Jake grab Jake Bobo, the Duke um, transfer from the portal. Yeah. Most of the old line is gone. Defensively, two starters. Nine of the eleven starters are gone. Um, bunch of all Pac-12 selections. I, I don't think this thing clicks again. I, I get it; they have the most experienced quarterback in the conference, but coordinators have left. Ton of starters have uh, departed. Utah at Oregon, USC at Cal. They'll lose a dumb game in there. You know they'll lose at ASU or something stupid there. Uh, I'm going under eight and a half. It shouldn't be better than last year. This seems too easy. I mean, you're if you go over, you're saying they're going to be better than they were last year at overachieving eight and four parlay kid. You're going under, right? So we're all, we're, we're together on this one again. Um, like you said, ten and twenty-one. Uh, Chip Kelly in his first three years. Last year they won eight. They haven't gone over this number at any mm-hmm. time uh, in his career here. Uh, really, not haven't been close except for last year, where uh, you know did they peak out last year with yeah. this group? Uh, they only have seven returning starters, as you said. They lose seven all uh, Pac-12 selections. Mm-hmm. Yes, their quarterback-running back combo is pretty good. Uh, but I don't know if they're nine or ten win good here, Sal. I mean, those guys are nice players, but what do they have around them that's going to elevate them 
from having a better year than last year. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. They only returned two starters on a right. defense that ranked last in passing defense in the conference. Yeah. Um, so, boy, boy, they better had some uh, good depth behind those starters last year because even though they lost some good guys, their defense still was terrible last year. I don't see them getting over eight and a half, Sal. Let's take the under. I think yeah, we I mean, a nine and three. You're asking for them to be a nine and three team, right? The teams we didn't cover, Oregon State, six and a half, Washington State, five and a half, uh, Arizona State, six, Cal, five and a half, Stanford, four and a half, and then Colorado and Arizona bringing up the rear at uh, three wins each. Let's pick a champion. I don't, not, none of us taking big swings here. Uh, Brother Bry, you and I, like you and I, like Utah, just a solid team, both sides of the ball. I mean, there's not... Not a lot to hate. We like Whittingham. We like the starters coming back. We like Cameron Rising. And uh, we like Utah, you know, at plus 250 to be in the championship game. Right. They've been there before. They get Guys are going there, like playing in Utah, and they're kind of becoming a powerhouse a little bit. Yeah, I, li- I, I like this. I, I like them at, a, you know, I like them better odds than USC, right? I, I don't right. trust Riley yet. Again, maybe, you know, he might get that program there in a year, in, in another year or two. Uh, but not not yet. I think it's going to take a little bit of time from like Eddie was even saying defensively. They could they could be terrible out of the gate. So I think Utah is just too well rounded. So I like the the better odds for sure with them at plus two fifty. There you go. All right, Harry, we'll let you speak and then we'll let you go. USC plus one seventy. You and Parlay Kid are on the same page there. I mean that'll probably be the championship game, right? Tons of uh, offensive weapons now coming through the portal, and definitely Lincoln Riley is huge. I mean the guy. Does win. He may not win playoff games, but he does win conference championships. Uh-huh. And this team again yeah. loaded. I'm taking the. I'm taking the Trojans. Yeah. All right. Parley kid, you you're the same, right? Yeah. Same. Same. I believe in Coach Riley. I think. Um, you know, he's going here. They. I think USC is a team that's had the talent. It's it's sitting there anyway. Um, and now obviously just killing it in the transfer portal. Mm. I think he this team rounds uh, into shape. Pretty quickly, uh, and USC has enough to win this. Um, I don't know. Uh, underwhelming pack. They're going to be fun. They're going to score a lot. They're going to play at twelve thirty Pacific time. Their games are going to end at four fifteen, and uh, and that's that's what you're going to get out of USC. All right, babyface. What do you what do you make of a lot of this? I mean, Harry. I mean, look at him. We talked a lot about it. I mean, Harry's shirt went through the transfer portal. Is that uh, right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> didn't go to the long, wash. I'm wearing a long, long sleeve shirt. It's 180. What are you doing? Look, I, my ass off. I mean, uh, I, I know that uh, you have me keep the time code over here, but you you made him wait an hour and 17 minutes to talk about Washington. So uh, that was long enough. The main I, need to trim, I need to trim my chest hair, Darren. If, if, the, brother, uh, if brother Brian oh, could just like, Photoshop him into that famous Walter Yost uh, shortstop picture, that would be. <laughs> we need to put that up. I think Break you could do ahead. it. Brother Brian is a master, uh, <laughs> becoming a master at these things. All right, listen, let's get the hell out of the here. Weasel. We're going to be back Friday. We're going to hit Notre Dame. Maybe we'll hit BYU. A couple of the independents. We're going to give our Heisman picks. We're going to give our national championship pick. We'll go baseball, Sharp Tank. And then next week, all eight NFL divisions broken down like no one else does it. There's no turning back now, Parlay Kid. We're mid-August. We're in. There's nothing to do. we got to be in on football. College, we end it Friday, and then we pick up with the pros uh, next week. That'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds for Spaghetti, for Meatballs, for Babyface Joel Solomon, for Scott the Grizz Holmes and the Degenerate Trifecta. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Na, 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 na. Na 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 na